never reach me Were some guys who were preacher fans The only dudes who could ever teach me Were some guys who were preacher fans Yes, they were They were Oh, yes, they were That's a podcast theme right there Welcome to Preacher Man, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I am Pete. And we are going to be talking about the latest episode of Preacher, Deviant. Deviant. Yeah. Deviant. Oh, yeah. We other people worship on a Sunday morning, and we do it whenever the fuck we want. <laughs> Justin, you were not here, if I remember correctly, <laughs> for the first two <laughs> episodes. True. I think that's true. Of the podcast. Before we get into the third episode, how are you feeling about season four so far? Yeah. I like it. I mean, it's uh, it feels like it's a darker show. It's a less right. fun show in this season to me so really? far. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it fe- now the characters are not having fun. Um, everyone seems to be wallowing in their own issues, especially this episode we're about to talk about. Um, and uh, yeah, not that it's I don't enjoy it any less. Like it's a we, great show. We had said that there it feels they're cramming a lot of stuff into each episode. It seems like. Before it had gone, it didn't try to tackle so much in each episode. Well, I, I would say it probably felt that way uh, because they were together more often, so um, they could sort of do more at the same time. When now it's like, okay, now we move over to Jesse with what he's dealing with. Now let's go to Cassidy and blah blah blah. So it's we have to really move through everything. It feels like it's like everything's being slowly pushed down the line, as opposed to it's like a fun fight scene with everyone. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that's going on is which we talked about previously on the podcast is each season stayed in a different place and technically we have Masada as sort of our home base yeah. uh, this season so far but that's not gonna remain that way for long I don't think and it seems no. to be changing pretty rapidly. Australia yeah. Bensonhurst hey. right down the street from where we are folks we right go now. visit that factory Yes oh. I do know where that factory is Do you? Uh, yeah I re- lived in Gravesend which is right next door to Bensonhurst for uh-huh. my first apartment and there was a it was a huge foreskin industry out there <laughs> Oh, that's very cool. Oh, 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 I should switch. mention before we get into it, uh, I informed Pete this on the last two podcasts. I have a band uh, that I'm in. It's a pretty cool band. I don't want to brag too much. Mm. Uh, we used to be called Bucket of Foreskins. Then we changed our name to Bag of Foreskins. Uh, yeah. A little update on that. We've actually changed it to Cream of Foreskins. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah. Let me ask you, Alex. Yeah, I don't want to get, uh, maybe this is unrelated. I don't want to get in your band's business. Sure. Uh, but why do you keep changing the vessel of the foreskin while keeping the foreskin? I mean, What's the foreskin? Like, who's pushing the foreskin? Our lead singer is Foreskin. That's his name. That's his name. Oh, yeah. cool. I play bass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one would doubt that, that you play bass, Alex. <laughs> of course. Uh, now, what other item of business before we get into the recap of the podcast or anything like that? On the first two episodes, this didn't play into the third episode too much, but on the first two episodes, uh, God... Uh, played uh-huh. by Mark Herlick on the show, uh, said that Diet Dr. Pepper was his greatest creation, or one of his greatest creations. Right. So I, I put together a little taste test, which yep. is always good for an audio podcast. Put together uh, is a strong word, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you bought a Diet Dr. Pepper and a regular Dr. Pepper. Yes, well, I got the. I couldn't get Mountain Dew Code Red, which we know is Pete's favorite beverage in the entire yeah. world. That's illegal in New York State now, right? Uh, Having that. He has a tap instead yeah. of a water tap. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a faucet. 
house and do uh, regret. You, do out. you pay the city or do you live in the neighborhood where it's like, sorry, that's all we got? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I got a Diet Dr. Pepper to find out if God is right about that. I also got a regular Dr. Pepper to find out if Diet Dr. Pepper does, in fact, taste more like regular Dr. Pepper. What, the thing with that sentence? Tastes more like Dr. What do you mean more? Yeah. The more doesn't make any sense in that sentence. I didn't come more, up with a slogan. It tastes more like regular Dr. Pepper than what? Than That's, Coke? Yeah, the Coke. Oh, than water? The Diet Coke. It tastes more like regular Dr. Pepper than piss. I'll tell you that much. But if, what is right, that? I'm going to put down That's, my mic for a second and pour us some Diet Dr. Okay, oh, boy. I'm just saying well, that I, sentence. Why are we taking a break for this? Because this is an important uh, facet of our podcast. This I is like the, how you put the microphone up right for the Well, twist. I want everybody to hear the pouring. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. I'm going to put it up to the glass. Why are we doing di- glug, diet glug, first? Glug, glug, we should do glug, regular glug. to make sure that we... No, because this is uh, what God wants. This is what God wants. God wants us to do this. Now, I already have a very strong opinion about this. Shouldn't we taste regular Dr. Pepper and then taste the diet? Uh, do you, uh, I only have three glasses. Oh. <laughs> this is a trick. This is he's tricking us. Like, yeah, here we go. All right. Uh, so we got a small glass of Diet Dr Pepper each. Uh, yeah, you want to check the nose on that, yes. Justin? Yeah, I did smell it. <laughs> it smells <laughs> like Dr Pepper. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, that tastes fine. No, gross. It's, uh, it's so gross. It's gross. It tastes nothing no. like Dr Pepper. Do not like. Oh my god, this is awful. Uh, so you you're going against God right now, is what? You're <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, but you I'd have rather to, you have to finish it so I can pour what? you some Dr Pepper. Oh man, Just take a gulp. <laughs> Why did Just you pour it so much? I know it's like a I whole bottle. Some. I'd rather. I'd, <laughs> I got I, I got a deal on two liters. So finish oh. your two liter, and then we can oh. move on to the next thing. Oh, I'm. This is <laughs> heaven is no place for me if this oh, is what man. they serve up there. I barely fine with this. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, it actually doesn't have a strong uh, diet aftertaste as other diet sodas. No? I, don't I wouldn't mean, regularly Do drink. you have a whole tongue? <laughs> are you missing part of your tongue? Like, what are the taste well, buds no, on? he's kind of right no, on that. No, Foreskin took half of my tongue yeah. as part of the initiation ceremony. <laughs> he's kinda, he took your foreskin. He's kind of right about that. Yeah. It doesn't it's have... Not, it's not like... Uh, well, co- what are you, what's with the small amount now, you <laughs> asshole? <laughs> I had to fucking <laughs> suffer through the first there, there's part. There's a full glass of Thank Dr. You. Pepper. We're taping this at night in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. It's real soda day. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Regular Dr. Pepper. Let's see if it tastes less like uh, Diet well, Dr. The, Pepper. No, this is right. I mean, it smells, <laughs> smells <laughs> like Dr. Pepper. Ooh, what year is this from, Pete? What year is this? This Dr. is a 2020. <laughs> this, is a few, this is next year's Diet Dr. Pepper. Or direct Dr. Pepper. I mean, that's exponentially better. Yes. It's... So good. It's, it's so a million better. times better. Yeah. Dr. Pepper, actually a good soda. I, I don't know what that product is. It's a very funny joke. Like, I love the joke of God saying this is one yeah. of my greatest creations. God doesn't know but shit. That's, yeah, that's makes it undercuts uh, my or opinion of God. You believe less it, in religion. But does yeah. it get to the core of God's character on this show? Ooh, look at this guy. You know? I where like this. He has bad opinions. <laughs> yeah. He's a cheap plastic god as opposed Ooh. to a tasty, rich, uh, flavorful god. <laughs> oh, wow. Dr. Pepper really is the best. It's a, I oh, never yeah? drink it. What about this Mr. Pib I found? <laughs> <laughs> this is now a soda <laughs> podcast. Um, I uh, worked at Burger King growing up, and <laughs> Mr. Pib is what we had there. Oh, and uh, is it better than a lot of it? I drank a lot of that pib. (laughs) Interesting. That's why you name your dog Pip. Yeah, no, Pibba. 
<laughs> it is funny that they were like, hmm, how do we compete with Dr. Pepper? Let's make a less qualified soda. <laughs> a Mr. Pip. <laughs> uh, so love- people can relate to more. Yeah. yeah. I do love off-brand when you go to like a supermarket and you see the supermarket brand and it's like, Dr. Soda. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, we get it. Yeah, we know what this is. Mr. Pib, Cousin Pib. <laughs> Let's actually get into talking about oh, Preacher, what right. do you guys say, now that we're 45 minutes into this podcast. So, recap of what's gone on so far. There's Jesse Custer. He has the power to compel people thanks to a being called Genesis who lives inside of his body. He is currently on almost a literal water walkabout. He's traveling around. He's trying to find God. He's been sent there uh, through a message from his father or a vision of a nuclear explosion or something like that. We also know from the beginning of the season, this is somehow going to end with him falling out of a plane to his death in the desert. We don't know Australia. Of Australia. We don't know how that links together necessarily yet, but he's been traveling along with a very Ron Burgundy-esque pilot who is very into smoking. They yeah. made a brief stopover in a place called the Jesus Desaad, Jesus Desaad's house. Uh, they saw a uh, little child in the window there. They weren't sure exactly what was going on, but the pilot said, come on, you, you have a preacher's code, right? You got to go save them. All we know is we cut from that to preacher on a plane by himself with Snakeskin boots and bruises on his knuckles. That's all we know. Uh, we're going to get a fl- flashback this episode that we'll get mm-hmm. into in a moment. But that's what's going on with him. He's also seeing visions of his two friends, Tulip and Cassidy. Now, Tulip is his on-again, off-again girlfriend. Oh, Feeling a lot off lately. Come on. It's very Come off on. right now. Guys, it's... relationships go through ups and downs, all right? Right yeah. now, they are the diet Dr. Pepper of relationships. Oh, exactly. Oh, man. Not a lot God's of God's chosen one is what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so Tulip is uh, trying to free Cassidy from a place called Masada. Masada is the stronghold of the Grail, an organization that is sort of trying to bring about the end of the world, but mostly trying to pump up their own savior who is the very damaged descendant of Jesus called Humperdoo. Uh, the Grail is run by Hair Star. Hair Star has gone through a bunch of trials, let's say. Mm. One is he got chopped to the head, so his head looks like a penis. He also lost his eye. He's not allowed to wear hats anymore because Jesse compelled him. And then his ear got shot off, so he replaced it with a bunch of foreskins that were taken off of Cassidy. Cassidy is a vampire, so he's able to regenerate foreskins as long as you keep giving him blood. And a guy named Frankie Toscani is... Mm -hmm. Constantly torturing him, cutting off those foreskins, ostensibly as lessons for people in the Grail in how to torture people. Now, jumping back to Tulip for one second, last episode, Tulip came up with a cutting plan to sneak yeah, inside really of good. Masada, where she dressed in a costume, distract everybody in the Grail, pretended to be a member of the Grail, and was taken in ostensibly because she was hurt uh, during a dust-up, literal dust-up, with herself. So that's where she is. There's a Grail agent named Featherstone, who is her arch enemy, who is trying to track her down, trying to figure out where Tulip is. 
Jumping back to Cassidy, Cassidy, beyond being tortured, has also been thrown into a deep pit. The only other resident of that deep pit is an angel who we haven't really met yet, but the angel has been strung up and hanging above Cassidy. They've had a little conversation occasionally back and forth. We don't know why the angel's there, what's going on with it, what exactly is happening or anything like that. Last player you probably need to know about who we mentioned earlier during our soda taste test is God. God, Mm. of course, has this whole plan that's going on. We don't know exactly why. He keeps insisting that he has a plan, but he is very much a vengeful God, and he is... We suggested this the last episode, maybe doing a bit of a Job job on Jesse right now. Job job. A Job job, uh, putting him through a bunch of trials in order to test him. We don't know if that's true, but that's kind of the working theory at the moment. And the last two characters you probably need to know about the saint, actually three characters. There's the saint of killers who is a refugee from hell. He is an unstoppable killer who is trying to track down Jesse because he blames Jesse for his entire family dying. He is tagging along with Eugene, AKA Arseface, who's a very nice, sweet boy who still believes in Real God. Real believer. Yep. He went to hell for a little while accidentally and is now tagging along with the saint of killers. Last person of the hell trifecta is a little dude you might know, named Hitler. Uh, (laughs) Hitler rose to become the leader of hell last season after the Saint of Killers killed Satan, and we haven't really seen Hitler in a while, which is, you know, a pretty good thing. That's a normal thing. We on Earth haven't seen him in a while either. (laughs) What's up with him? What's up with him? I'll tell you what. I went to Brazil. I kept walking up to people with a picture of Hitler being like, Mm. have you seen this guy? And they're like, no. (laughs) Great. (laughs) What's that's that that a Brazilian that's accent? a German accent. Oh. Because yeah. it's, it's like, no, this is no Hitler here. Oh, I see. Like, there's other Germans in yes. Brazil. Yes. Yeah. Did you know that if you what walk that? into a waxing place and say, give me a Brazilian, they give you a Hitler mustache? Oh, yeah, that's, wow. that's a little known secret. <laughs> it's true. It's like the in and out secret menu. Let's jump <laughs> into the episode and chat through everything that happened. I can uh, walk you guys through if that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd yeah, be great. Sure. Yeah. I, would, I would like to go on record and say uh, <laughs> this is you. my favorite the episode. The record... Of Noted. all time. Really? Of all time? Really? The fight sequence in this is something that I wow. watched and rewatched and got so much joy from. Wow. The music, the coordination, the, the way the camera zoomed in and out for different parts. It was just... You're talking about the Jesse fight sequence. Yeah. What about Tulip? Uh, uh, Tulip's fight sequences are always just glorious, but Jesse's, just the way it was all put together. It was a pretty fantastic fight sequence. Yeah, it was we'll cool. Moment, but really... Favorite episode ever. That's, That's so crazy. interesting. Do you have a favorite episode ever? I'm, of this show? I'm trying to think. Um, I wouldn't say it's this one. This one didn't really stand out to me um, too much. Um, and then the rest of them, I guess, are a blur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel what about, about it What about when well. they first went on the road? That was yeah, a that fun was episode. Cool. That, was that was fun. fun. Um, I did like the Tulip, not flashback episode, but where she was in hell for a little while, and we got to see her backstory. I thought that was very cool and very emotionally deep. That was cool. I liked some of the the, the Tulip-Jesse fl- relationship flashback stuff from season two, I think. Um, those were cool. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what comes to mind. This show, for some reason, feels very comic booky in that it all runs into one story, as yeah. opposed to a lot of other shows where it's like, oh, episode four, you got to watch episode four. Right. Like to me, it's it's sort of one long movie. I just I love this show so much because it does such a great job of establishing the characters, and then you put that character in a position 
or in a new situation, you're like, oh, man, how are they going to react? Like, the buildup for her taking the Rorschach test was amazing. Uh, yeah. Why don't we get into that, uh, then? Yeah. Why don't we walk through it? So we do start off with an advertisement for Toscani's face cream. <laughs> oh, come on. Now with more foreskin. Oh. Very oh. good. Uh, and we then cut to Bensonhurst, where Cassidy uh, is having his foreskin constantly sliced off using a deli slicer. Oh. It's being packed up, sent oh. out, made into face cream. Uh, this is, is this an actual flash forward? Is this Cassidy picturing it? What's going on here? It's an actual commercial. To me, it felt like that was happening right then. But, so this is what confused me, and maybe I wasn't watching the episode closely enough, but... They're talking about taking Cassidy to Bensonhurst the entire yeah. episode. Right. He's still in the Middle East. He's still yeah. in Masada. Yeah. So I was confused by that too. So maybe maybe it was a him imagining what it would be like if he went to Bensonhurst. But the way it played, because it played commercial, him there and then locked in his cell, it felt like he was it was real to me. Yeah. yeah. But I thought like, yeah, that we're getting a glimpse of the future there. Yeah, whatever it is, pretty gross. Yeah. yeah. Would you use that face cream? I mean, if you made you look younger, you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah, you got to take. Yeah, I know. I mean, right now you have cream cheese on your face, yeah. so that makes you look older, I guess. What? <laughs> More confused. If yeah. I, I sure in the beard, that's how I keep the beard so fluffy. <laughs> so <laughs> white. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so gray. That's how Santa Claus does it as it's well. It's all cream yeah. cheese. So then we do uh, cut back to the dungeon in Masada. He's locked up there. And then we swing on over to the Saint of Killers and Eugene walking Aww. through Texas. They're having a time. They're having a good time. They are having a good time. Well, Eugene's having an okay time. How do you think Eugene stays so pure through all of this? How do you think that's possible? His unwavering faith. Yeah. Is, uh, I, I feel like, I mean, that's the whole point of him, I think. He believes in God. He believes in Jesse, even, uh, even though Jesse sent him to hell. Yeah. Uh, we saw that waver a little bit last season, I feel like. And then now it seems like he's like, I just want to apologize. That's also what, what I was talking about. Like, these characters are so themselves. They're in these crazy kind of things, but they're still who they are. Nothing's going to change them, which is very interesting and cool. But I also feel like he's the only one who's not wallowing in his own shit right now, in his own grief or own, like, weakness uh, or flaws or whatever. Like, he's just being himself, just trying to, like, get a chicken fried steak and hang out with his you know, uh, sometimes revenging all demon. You- Really need in life is a chicken fried steak. That's right. You know what he could use is some of that foreskin cream. Yeah, really ooh, loosen up the very nice. <laughs> loosen oh. up the arse I, mouth. I do wonder how he's going to play into the end game at this point. Pete and I were talking about this in the last episode. I know you haven't read the comic, Justin, but yeah. he, if I remember correctly, kind of ends up as like his own side thing. Like yeah. he doesn't really play into the end game. It feels like they're positioning him differently on the show. Yeah. I hope so. I, in watching this episode, he feels like the Christ figure. Like, he's oh, the one who okay. has suffered the most, but his faith remains true the whole time. Right. Like, if God is testing someone, it obviously feels like Jesse, but I think on the sneak tip, it's, it's our face. Oh, the sneak tip. Yeah, you know what Ooh, I'm talking about? I no. don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so he tries hitchhiking. Somebody yells, freak, go back to the circus. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't phase him. He doesn't care. Uh, then we cut over to Jesse on the plane. He's thinking back to Jesus to Saad. Uh, how, actually, how do we want to break this down? Do we want to talk about each individual storyline, break it down that yeah. way since they're so separate? Yeah. Why don't we start with the Jesse one since that's definitely that's the big one in the episode. So what we get 
mostly from him is him on the plane alone, flashing back to Jesus Desaad. We see him wandering through this nightmare house. Yeah, this weird sex club, a lot slash, of, which you gotta love. We've seen but a lot of me. Them. Yeah, you love weird sex shit. I, yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, you yeah do. you do. you're the one that's into wearing a poodle suit. Yeah, no. you are. Spend no. some time as a human sexual dog, as we've talked about. <laughs> we no. That's not true. Wait, I hate the it, fact that you keep it's, casually mentioning that that's something I, that I'm I did. Sorry. The problem is that it came out early in the podcast, and so it's 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 become a, a part of this podcast. It didn't come out. You just decided it was true, look, and I get angry look, and say it's not fucking keep, true. Keep your secrets if you oh want. But when God. I first met Pete, he was just <laughs> coming up. That's not true. He was coming off several years poodling, and now he's who <laughs> oh he is. God. And I'm I sorry that I, I caused Pete the Poodle you, to, hash, to, to trend, the hashtag Pete the Poodle, hashtag Pete the Poodle. <laughs> oh man, really knuckle punch. That was punch. a hard punch. Uh, but I this in this house, there's a lot of human sexual animals. There's uh, <laughs> a rabbits, llamas. Oh, oh in the Jesus, in the Jesus yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about <laughs> in, in Salvin's yes, house. We're, we're recording in my house right now. I, I was looking around. I was like, well, there's a stuffed panda. Looks like it's been through a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry, oh, that, yeah, that's is. not a stuffed panda. Oh man, <laughs> is that the fourth member of our podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The silent partner. The, si- the silent partner. That's what we call him. Yes, but Horrifying. in the comics, that place was a lot more like evil, deviant. There I mean, was like Nazis I, and all sorts of crazy yeah, I shit. I think there. It's funny to see this is the limitation of what they can show on TV. Right. Like in an episode where we see Jesse stamp, stamp a guy's head until it explodes, pretty yeah. graphically, and other yeah. things pretty graphically. That they can't really show the insane, over the top sexual stuff for the Jesus Todd's yeah. place on TV. America, huh? <laughs> wow! Right? Wow. Right? Wow! Alex pushing for no standards. <laughs> he wants that eight chan lifestyle. Love it. Check out that panda. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I purposefully up. will not check. Out. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so he wanders through there, encounters the Jesus side, and Jesus side comes down. He is very. I don't know, vampiric, though we actually have vampires on the show. Uh, he, uh, Jesse asks him about the little boy upstairs, the little kid, and Jesus Saad says, oh, yeah, well, he's miserable, which really jacks up the price. That's nice. Jesse says, ah, I knew you were going to say that, but I wish you'd go out and say that. Punches him, goes up the stairs. We start to realize he's on a little bit of a drug trip going yeah, on yeah, here. When he walked in, someone blew smoke in his face. Right. Yeah. So he goes up the stairs. Works his way down the hallway. We walk past a bunch of fucked up characters, and he gets to the room. There's a dude taking pictures of the kid. Wh- what does he say to the kid? He wants the kid... In another outfit. No, but he, he wants the kid to say... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't to, know. Yeah, like... Yeah, he's just on a little bicycle in, like, a Victorian boy's outfit. Yeah. Right. Uh, and yeah, he, he wants to say something like, I'm tired or something. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. punches out uh, the dude. The dude, uh, I think, gets away mm-hmm. briefly. Yeah. Uh, and then he talks to the kid, and the kid is like, hey, I don't want to leave. Yeah. I'm getting $35 an hour in a Middle Eastern country. This is great. You're the yeah. one with the problem, not me. Mm-hmm. And Jesse's like, no, come on. We're getting out of here. He leaves, and that's when everybody is gathered in the hallway, and the kid says, I told you I, you had a problem. And then we enter that epic fight scene that Pete talked about before. Now, 
I think this was purposeful. I didn't pick up on all of the styles, but it seemed like this fight scene kept jumping through different tropes. Mm. There was, towards the end, so they have the hallway fight scene, which felt a little Marvel-esque. Like, yeah. it felt a little bit like but the Marvel they Netflix show. zoomed out so you could see three rooms at once. Right. If you guys, the... Have you guys seen Old Boy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the old boy fight scene, which mm-hmm. is fine. Like, I think you, it was a great homage to it. Yeah. Uh, but it was clearly the old boy fight scene. Very cool. And then when they zoom back in, you get that Tarantino-esque music. Yeah. And it becomes more of a Tarantino-style fight scene. Yeah. Were there any other styles that you guys caught up on? Because those were the only ones that I noticed. But I just loved how, like, the music changed. And it was, like, fun music against all this violent fighting. It was just such a great time. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. They jumped through different styles. It also, it also felt very comic booky, sort of like yeah. tight panels, widened out panels. So I think that was uh, very cool. Like, good fight. Yeah, and then there was that stuff like where the angle was low and there was all these kind of like uh, the fight stuff going on, like lower than like they weren't standing. It was just, oh, it was just so very, very impressive, the amount of coordination that had to go into all of these shots and stuff. One of the other things that I really appreciate about Preacher's fight scenes is they make an effort to actually show the actors doing it. I'm sure they get subbed out for stump doubles occasionally, and Mm -hmm. there are a couple beyond like the zooms and everything. There are a couple of clear cut points in the quote-unquote one-shot that they were doing at the Mm -hmm. beginning. Um, But at the same time, you could see that Dominic Cooper was doing the stuff, same as with the tulip fight scene earlier on. That was definitely Ruth Nega doing a bunch of that stuff. And and that's great. Like, it makes it feel more authentic, feel more fun. Uh, It means they don't need to cut as much. I cannot imagine how long it took for them to coordinate that thing and shoot it. But it's great. A lot of bodies. Now, do you guys think... uh, why is Jesse after this kid so hard? And why does he... Because he kills a bunch of people. Right, but he's going on this, like, in the last episode, it's like, pull over, we got to help this person. Like, he's really kind of struggling with this doing the right thing versus not doing the right thing. But right is he now. a hero? Yeah. Is he the hero of this show now? He's, he's trying feels a to little be. bit like a bad guy. He's now. turning into a bad guy, but I think... If we go back to the Job job of it all, that's what God is doing to him, right? That yeah. he's pushing him in a place where every single time he tries to help and make things better, it just gets worse and worse. Right. And to Pete's point, we had the thing with the little girl and the dog last episode where he tried to help and he failed. We had the dudes with the camels where he tried to help and he failed. Uh, we got the Jesus to Sod thing where, again, he tried to help. The and little kid. And then right. the little kid so gets during the, getting yeah. shot in the head. By God, we think, maybe. Was it by God? I felt that way. God just pops up in the window at the end. Right. Yeah, in his uh, Dalmatian suit. Yeah. Poodle suit? Poodle. Poodle. Dalmatian. Dalmatian. <laughs> so you got to go to the expert. <laughs> so, I, you said it. I, you, you're like, it's a Dalmatian. I know that type of suit. No, it comes to the spots, you asshole. Oh, the spots. Yeah, Poodles yeah, yeah. don't have spots. Uh, you would know better than anybody. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, what you're saying right now. I uh, like how you're getting farther and farther you, away from uh, me. But it's self-preservation. Well, but let me ask you this. Well, then. Sorry, you, no, I, just to interrupt for a second. Uh, how many type of human sexual dogs were there? Do back? you want me to punch you, no, too? No, no, back when you worked that, at is, the dog pound. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> was the name of the organization, right? You want to get punched? Could you answer the question? I how the fuck do I know so about me, some made up shit? Let me ask you this: If you could be any human sexual animal, what would it be? Oh boy, probably a turtle. 
A turtle. Oh, my yeah. God. A sexual turtle. A sexual turtle. A human turtle. sexual turtle. Yeah, like Mitch McConnell. <laughs> oh, wow. That's <laughs> just, the sexiest uh, human turtle there is. It's really just uh, falling up. I guess maybe <laughs> to other turtles. He's the most turtly. Yes, he is. So that's the, the purest form. Yes. Um, Pete, what about you? Fuck you, man. Uh, this is not related to that. This is what. <laughs> this is a totally. Gonna, this is a journalistic. No, question. this is going to be a new thing. Here, you're just let's frame it in a different way. If you were at Jesus decides place, place mm-hmm. what's the most fucked up thing? You do? <laughs> <laughs> well, what also was interesting. Was, no, let's get into it. Let's real get arrested on this podcast. No, but what was funny was we saw the pilot at the end. Like he ran in there like he was going to do something to help that kid. Right. Ran up getting in one of the weird sex rooms. Yeah. Pilots I mean, are like that. So you'd yeah. be a human sexual pilot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what That's that means. That's a good choice. It's a fun pilot costume. Yeah. yeah. Sort of a uh, sully. <laughs> oh, my God. Sort of a sexual <laughs> sully. Oh the sexiest God. of the pilots. <laughs> now, that's true. Yeah. That's guy. He's uh, gray on top, but there's a fire in that belly. <laughs> oh, man. And I feel like that's how the movie ended, right? Right. Where he says, I'm gray on top, but yeah. I got a fire in my belly. <laughs> He walks, in, he walks into an erotic cake store at the end of Sully, I believe. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, yeah, they sent him a bunch of erotic cakes. <laughs> I remember that. As a thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Shaped, cake shaped like a dick. Uh, oh, what's yours? Their dick? Human sexual animal? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe some sort of bird. A penguin, perhaps. Okay. A sexual penguin. Penguins made for life. It's, it's always, always nice when you keep it on ice. Penguins fuck for life. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you said? There's a t-shirt. Uh, oh, well, and look, you have a penguin on your t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. huh, huh. Maybe you were inspired, inspired by that. Yeah, that's, probably, that's where you got your Subtle idea from. inspiration. So to get back to your question, though, about Jesse, uh, what path he's on, I do think this is God just beating him down, testing him, uh, throwing him uh, all the curveballs he possibly can and see yeah. how he can take it. Because it, God, as we found out through the dinosaur scene in the last episode, just want praise. He wants people to love him, to follow him, and that's it. And he thinks that's what and people And he does want be. people to eat their own shit. He's very clear on that. Yes. And Which I try to should. stick to that as how yeah. much as I can yeah. as a practicing Christian. Yeah. How's it going, <laughs> by the way? <laughs> Not horribly. I'm, I'm a sinner. Oh, I'm a shit eating sinner. I'm a eating sinner. You've got to brush your teeth for me. Oh, God. No, I always brush my teeth, but uh, half the time I'm brushing it with shit. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Why? The look in your face. It's an accident. It's an accident. Uh, Somewhere out there, there's a doctor listening to this podcast being like, oh, they have the Dr. Pepper sickness. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, got, much, they got the sillies. You can't drink Diet Dr. Pepper right after you drink regular Pepper. <laughs> you get real sick. That's just uh, full of force, kids. Yeah, so I, I think Jesse's being tested. And I think at this point, arguably, he's failing because what we get right after the scene, he comes out after he sees the kid is dead. The pilot has lost his pants. The pilot is very scared and terrified. Jesse is like, forget everything. Uh, you saw in there. You don't remember it. Uh, take me back to the airport. We're going to Australia. Uh, and when he gets there, who's waiting to meet him in the lobby while he's getting wasted and smoking and doing whatever he wants? But Hitler. Yeah, and but he's in the he's in the like Delta private club lounge. You know, that's where Hitler. If there is a place where you'd find <laughs> Hitler right now, it's yeah. in one of those. Yeah, yeah uh, it's probably the LaGuardia Delta lounge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where Hitler hangs out. <laughs> I'm trying to fly to Newark. <laughs> oh. Ugh. 
God. Gross. You're going from LaGuardia to Newark? <laughs> that is the that's most <laughs> that's the most damned flight of them all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, our flight from LaGuardia to Newark has been delayed. <laughs> it's been delayed because of stupid. Should, <laughs> we shouldn't be flying there. <laughs> Just drive there. We're gonna keep taxiing until we get to Newark. Yep. Uh yeah, so Hitler approaches him, says he's going to a conference, which I thought was a very funny little detail. I'm curious to see if we're gonna get to see that conference. Hell conference. As we go. Uh, but he makes him an offer. Hitler says, listen, I want you to join me in hell. And Jesse is basically like, why the fuck would I do that? Yep. I can do whatever I want. Choke yourself to death. Yeah. Jesse flexing here. Being yeah, like, he you, is. fuck you, Hitler. You got nothing. So, again, to your point, Justin, I had a couple of different feelings about this particular scene. Where one of them is, if you had the chance to make Hitler choke himself out... You probably would. Go like that's it. not that's not bad guy behavior. But on the flip end of the spectrum, Jesse's clearly angry. He's pissed off. He feels lonely. He feels like he can't do anything. He's getting completely wasted. So it's certainly again like choking out Hitler is the right thing to do. But the way that he does it is wrong. I think. Interesting. Well, I don't know. what did you guys take away from it? Well, I think the wrong part was that he let him go. So right. just let Hitler choke himself out. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, they say, would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? Hell yeah. Would you go forward? Great. Would you go forward in time and kill old Hitler? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's easier. <laughs> yes. Well, so not to jump over to another podcast we do, but over on Legion, they had an interesting conversation about this in the second to last episode of the show where they're talking about one of the main characters without spoiling Legion for anybody who hasn't watched it. But they're talking about one of the characters and they're saying, listen, the adult version of this character, the villainous version, they're already formed. There's nothing that you can do about them at this point. They're done. They're baked, I think is the word that they use. And then they also do, because they travel back in time, have the opportunity to kill the baby version of that character. And the argument there is, no, there's still a world of possibility. Right. You can still change. You can still do something right with the right tweaks, with the right differences there. And that, to me, felt like the best take on the would you kill baby Hitler scenario, mm. um, which is, yeah, I mean, if you view time But now as, you've got to raise a baby Hitler and make sure he doesn't turn out to be Hitler. And that's a lot of work. It's just easier to put a pillow over him a little bit, you know. A little bit. And yeah, then, I changed it to like Mussolini or something. Yeah, and changed it to a more fun name. Yeah. Mussolini. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, put an exclamation point. In hey. <laughs> change it to like David Schwimmer. <laughs> wow. Oh man, <laughs> history's greatest monsters Hitler, Mussolini, and David Schwimmer That's fucked up, man <laughs> oh, well, That's fucked up, you were just like, put a pillow over a baby And I <laughs> fucked up because I referenced a Friends character yeah, I rossed yeah. yeah, a Friends character, he's a real person No, the Ross is real, David Schwimmer is fake <laughs> oh, oh, okay. wow. At me, at me, <laughs> Alex <laughs> Great. By the way, uh, we only tweeted each other on this podcast That's how we put it together We all record it differently, tweet each other's lines Every conversation is an at when you think about it. Oh, oh man. At uh, Alex, I'm, what do you think? I got to tell you, this Dr. Pepper is making me very sweaty. <laughs> yeah, no, you've had two. Went back, back for a second. You guys went back for a second. Yeah, I really <laughs> wish that I hadn't bought that 16 pack of two liters, but <laughs> yeah. we've got to finish it before the end of the podcast, bros. Yep. I can't believe they sell 16 packs. Uh, so, so far, uh, the last thing that happens with Jesse is he gets on the plane. We flash back. He's having flashes of tulip, uh, and the plane. Starts to go down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it starts to shake. It starts to rattle. It's falling down. 
do you think, first of all, is this the same moment that we saw earlier, or is this a different plane crash? It feels different. He's not in Australia yet, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. But maybe. I mean, it sort of tracks. Did you guys notice that the the sound effect of the train, the plane going not working? Do you guys know what it, I think it was from? No, what? It was the sound of the hyperdrive not working from Star Wars. Really? I what? swear. I swear it was. Huh. I mean, that would make sense because... Uh, God is playing, right? Yeah. Like we he's saw last fun. episode, he has toys, he has models that he's playing with. So maybe, wow. yeah. Let's. Anything else you guys want to say about Jesse's storyline before we jump over to say Tulip? All right. Um, I like I said, he's wallowing in his own stuff. It feels like uh, he's he wants to save the kid. Is that is the kid like he's trying to save his his child his fucked up childhood and then he fails and so he feels even worse about it? Or is it literally just like he's trying to just do good, any good he can? I think that's that's the second, and uh, I, I would also say in his de- in defense of his befa- behavior in the airport, it's like, you know, airports kind of bring out the worst in people, Truth. and you know, like I've almost choked out a couple people, yeah, so like Jesus. it's understandable, yeah, like that he would uh, almost kill Hitler, you know. <laughs> yeah, those admirals clubs uh, and those private lounges. There's dead bodies there, all everywhere. They have orange They're slices and up. dead bodies. Yeah. Yes, let's jump over to hi- uh, Hitler. <laughs> let's jump over to Hitler. <laughs> What's going on with him? Oh man! Just do real quick. Fave thing about Alex, Hitler. I feel like we covered Hitler. Let me be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, really going back that. to the Hitler well. What's <laughs> weird? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. Pete. <laughs> Just, what do you want to talk about? Of Pete? All of us pushing the Hitler. Character. Oh, because I'm Jewish? <laughs> well, I mean, he meant a lot to my people. No, oh, wow. He meant a lot? That's not how most people say that. <laughs> is that the phrase? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think, that's, yeah. I don't think it, it sounds like a precious grandchild. <laughs> okay. Let's jump over to Tulip and what yes. is going on with her. So she wakes up in the hospital. Uh, she's hanging out there. She's ready to go. She's mm. ready to go find Cassidy, except there's a new character, a doctor who shows up and instead uh, says, okay, physically you completely check out, but we got to do a psychological check on you as well. And she says, no, absolutely not. The short version of the storyline is he ends up, uh, she gets in a big fight. Well, she, the doctor touches her. Right. More than once. So. Three times, in fact. Yeah, so like you can't yeah. get mad at her for that. No, absolutely not. She ends up fighting all of the doctors. They yeah. sedate her. When she wakes up, she is chained to the bed. And eventually, she comes around to doing the psychological test, uh, the Rorschach test, uh, and uh, the doctor nails her. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, to me, there's all this back and forth. There's Tulip playing and... Uh, doing her regular, just like very snarky, very over the top delivery on everything. But then when he goes through the tests, she is throwing back, like, Yep, I see that's guts, that's blood. Then clearly just that's playing with bullets. him. He's that's- like, Okay, here's exactly your character in two sentences, and it floors her. And yeah. I think that was my favorite moment in the episode. Yeah, that was cool. You never see Rorschach tests used and to correctly diagnose someone. It's always like a bit or whatever. And this, it was like, oh, you're fucked up in this exact way, which yeah. I thought was cool. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that uh, usually, yes. Yeah, I was just going to I also <laughs> liked. I also liked how much she fought to take this test like they're like okay we're just going to do a couple more tests and she's like no i don't want to take this fucking test and then when she does that kind of her worst fear comes true of like somebody actually 
telling her what her problems are and what she's actually dealing with. Yeah. Now, the the side thing that's happening is Featherstone is tracking her down, goes to her hotel, finds a empty wig head. So she realizes, oh, of course, she snuck in here. Uh, Hair Star is chatting with his new lieutenant, who he calls Hoover Two. Hoover, Hoover Two. two. That was he's really like, this funny. Is the new I really Hoover. like that. And he, oh, pa- so it, and he pauses. pauses and he's like Hoover Two. I call <laughs> him on. Hoover Two. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. Hair Star is the funniest character. Oh, he's so good. And the, every, they play everything he does like bad manager, and it's really yeah. funny. It's great. And uh, this new assistant, this new Hoover, too, is giving him a rundown of everything. Seems very businessy, very straightforward, very honest. And her star asked yeah. him, he's sitting there with his clearly rotting foreskin created ear that's been yeah. stapled onto <laughs> his face and asked him, uh, Do I look beautiful? Yeah. And the assistant immediately was like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. You do not. You look terrible, but that doesn't matter. What's important is efficiency. What's important is getting the job done. Yeah. Uh, and what's funny, I think, about this relationship, and I, I think this is the first time we see this in the show, but Hairstar seems cowed by this. He seems yeah. to agree with this. And I think, have they done this on the show? I know this is in the comic, but I don't remember if they've done this in the show, that he likes being dominated. Was that was he introduced that way on the show? I don't even remember. There was some of that last season. Well, he had to. Yeah, there was some like thing that Jesse did where he was getting uh, fucked in the ass, and then uh, kind of like later he was able to think why that was happening. So and then he sort of was like, "Oh, I like this, and this is how I relax a little." It's like what's where sort of where he went to think. Yeah, yeah. So I think. That's what he was getting from the assistant. Is the assistant was basically dominating him. Like yeah. the assistant was like, "Nope, you're wrong. This is why you're wrong." Here, let's move on to this other thing. Uh, and that's a really interesting dynamic to put him in right now. Also, yeah. it's because Featherstone worships him so much. Like uh, the fact that she, uh, you know, likes him and that he wants nothing to do with her. Well, and the whole Grail stuff feels a little bit like workplace comedy, where Featherstone's like, "I gotta get this thing." He's like, "I don't care what you're doing. I'm wallowing. I'm dealing with my own uh, problems over here," and it's fun. I yeah. like the Grail as like a bad organization. Now, this was a question that was brought up on Twitter. Uh, I did not come up with this, but I thought this was such a funny idea, and I was curious to get your guys' take on it. Since uh, since Hairstar's ear is made out of foreskins from Cassidy. If he goes outside, does it burst into flames? Interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. it's vampire foreskins. Yeah. 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 Yes? Yeah, I think that's a what standard. What about the face cream? Same thing? It's a standard Ooh, part of the vampire myth. I wonder if the face cream they're selling causes people's face. Oh, I mean, what a great callback to that commercial. If you see a news report of people's faces just like wow. lit up when they go outside. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, I do hope that comes to me. I thought that was such a great idea. Uh, so... Uh, as you mentioned, Featherstone comes in, knows where Tulip is, but by the time they get there, she's gone. We didn't get to see the resolution of what happened with Tulip and the doctor. What do you think happened there? Do you think the doctor said, because you have accepted this psychological diagnosis I've given you, I'm letting you go? Yeah, yeah it feels like uh, his treatment was concluded. He diagnosed her and was like, that's it. You, that's all, all I can do for you. And yeah. so he... That's that, so interesting. I, yeah. Again, that's not how things usually play out on TV shows. Right. Uh, usually he'd be like, I diagnose you. Also, I know you're Tulip and you're staying here. Right. But also earlier on in the episode, he's like, I'm not here to murder people. I'm here to be a doctor. Right. So 
he's a good doctor. <laughs> I would love to go to him. He's yeah. nice. He's a little touchy feely, as we learned, but yeah. he also responds when you punch him about it. <laughs> so, uh, so Tulip gets to Cassidy, but Cassidy is already gone, and that's pretty much it for Tulip's yep. storyline in this episode. Let's before we loop over to Cassidy, though. Let's talk about the Sainted Killers and Eugene because that's a that's a fun romp through the desert. Fun. Uh, so they're walking along. Finally, they get to a point where they're about a mile away from some food. Eugene says, "I'm hungry." They stop off at a diner. Eugene orders a chicken fried steak and I think fries and something else, and asks him to be blended blended into a shake. The waitress is totally disgusted. And the Sainted Killers, she's down. Uh, uh, she does it, but yeah. she's like, Ugh. yeah. Uh, and Sainted Killers orders a whiskey. <laughs> yeah, they don't serve whiskey. He starts to get real angry. And uh, turtle he, pie. Yeah, Eugene uh, orders him a turtle pie instead. Very good. Of yeah. of note, uh, he eats the entire turtle pie, as we yeah. get to see a little flash yeah. of earlier, which I thought was fun. Yeah. Uh, but in the middle of that, we have this bonkers bit where Eugene goes to the bathroom and there's a glory hole in the bathroom. Dude next to him is like, hey, just put your mouth to the glory hole. Come on. Just put your mouth there. Eugene has no idea what's going on. He puts his mouth there. The dude is like, thinks it's a butt. Yeah, because it's our face. Because he's our face. Gets it set. And then the sex cops come in. Sex detective. Sex detective. Sex detective. Imagine being a Texas sex detective. That's not a real thing. Yeah. I I don't know, man. He's on Preacher. (laughs) <laughs> and that's a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Texas sex detectives pull Eugene away, throw them in the car, uh, start driving away. The Sata Killers, who's just finished his turtle pie, chases after him, shoots the dude. From- I like how you say chases after him. He slowly walks, then stops. Uh, you know, the guy who's so disgusted by the fact that Eugene's in his rearview mirror asks Eugene to move. When he moves, Sata Killers is a clear shot. Murders him from thousands of feet so away. So far away. That's the thing with country roads, yeah. is you can shoot people from far away. Now we that's what John Denver was singing about. <laughs> he used to murder people from... Take me home, country roads, home. Bang, bang. Oh, oh man. Jesus. Wow. John, John Denver's fucked up. Yeah, man, he really you is. really get into uh, his John songs. Denver's full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, you, uh, did you read his uh, biography, Denver Omelet? He was talking about scrambling people's eggs. <laughs> One of them in the brain. Wow. Wow. I don't know. That was a log road. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Denver omelet. Where's he? Where's is this going? Is that the most famous omelet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Denver omelet. What's in a Denver omelet? You don't know what's in a Denver omelet? I know a Western omelet, and yeah. then most omelets, you're just like, here are the things I'd like in it. They don't have, they don't have proper names. Maybe I am thinking of a Western omelet. What is a Denver omelet? <laughs> There's something. Hold on. I'm going to look up a Denver oh, omelet. Oh, man. We're going to pause Damn, for this It's full shit. of weed, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weed and little pieces of John Denver. Oh. Uh, wait. So I did have a question about this, though. We touched on this a little bit earlier. Uh, but Eugene is very big on forgiveness. And one of the yes. conversations... Very that, Christ-like. Yeah. He has repeatedly with the Saint of Killers is... I just want you to get a nice apology from Jesse. Yeah. Sata Killers, of course, is the Sata Killers, but I feel like there's a little part that's listening to him. Yeah, right? it's weird that, like, yes. Sata Killers is affected by Ars Face so much. Well, I mean, I think the Sata Killers is, he's like the ultimate revenge, like, yeah. sin, deal with that. 
he's up against his exact opposite, the most, the biggest believer in all of the world, or at least yeah. the show. So, like, I think they're rubbing off on each other. Uh, just a quick note uh, on a related topic. A Denver omelet is another name for a Western omelet. Ah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there I feel like you can Google any word in an omelet, and they'll be like, yeah, it's just this. It's goat <laughs> just cheese and walnuts omelet. or something. They're, they're all Western goat omelets. Goat cheese and <laughs> walnuts? They'll be like, yeah, that's a Seattle omelet. That's goat so cheese and walnuts. That's gross. Anything is in an omelet. Yeah, you can put anything in eggs. Oh, it's true. Yeah, I made cool. that mistake with human shit a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> Great callback. Oh my god! <laughs> Why would you just say that? <laughs> Did they call a Brooklyn omelet? Brooklyn omelet. Oh, that's so gross. Get this guy a Brooklyn omelet. <laughs> oh. It's uh, Bensonhurst. That's what they serve. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Man. Never go to uh, the Bensonhurst. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> Not a great place. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the last storyline, which is Cassidy's storyline, which is a big flashback oh, for him. Man. He is dealing with something, and I thought it was rather fascinating that they showed an entire scene from a previous episode, which we haven't really seen before on this show. Yeah. Uh, but it's so important. We see this flashback where Frankie Toscani is talking to Cassidy after he has been brought back into Masada to be tortured, I believe, the second or third time, where he says, I've seen guys like you before. What draws you back is guilt. You yeah. think you deserve this. At first, I was like, why is this rehappening? Then I realized it was a flashback, and I was just like, wow. I knew it was important the first time it happened, but it was so important they did it. They played it again. I, I That was a weird choice to me, yeah. to be frank. How did you yeah. feel about it? To be frank. Yeah, to be perfectly honest. To be frank to To be frank to Scani. Uh, it was weird, but I liked it. It sort of, but I think that contributes to what we were talking about at the top of this podcast about how this show feels like all a blur, all like one story because it, it jumps around so much and is now including stuff that we've seen before. And it's like, what is this? So it's all running together. But I think that's again very comic booky to just do a just pop a little scene in here that helps yeah. inform this new story. And even the angel was like, I feel a backstory or, or you know. <laughs> yeah. Feel flashback coming. Very flashback meta. coming, yeah. Very meta. Yeah, yeah I see he's a backstory coming. What's yeah. the deal with the angel? Do I don't know. They're going to get to it. Yeah. You yeah. know what it is. Yeah, I I don't remember, but I remember from... Oh. <laughs> I just remember from I the book. I know what it is, but I don't remember. Well, no, I know there's something, because I just yes. remember from the book, like, holy shit, that angel is, you know... He I, feels- if I remember correctly... And I could be wrong about this, but I feel like the angel... I know you hate when I talk about this, but it feels... I think it's like a classic Garth Ennis shaggy dog type thing where you feel like it's building up to something and then he just explodes at the end or something like that. Uh, but I could be wrong. Interesting. It's been a while since I read Preacher. Because I do, to me, he feels like the god that we expect when we expect oh, him okay. for the first couple seasons with this uh, like person who's there to listen, who's like suffering for humanity a little bit, and it's just like sing, <coughs> singing Irish drinking songs with Cassidy. Yeah. So we get to see the scenes. Hoosiers. Hoosiers was very godlike. On that was unbelievable. That was hysterical. They literally played Gene Hackman's lines from the movie. Yeah, that was unbelievable. You like that? Yeah, I thought it was really funny. Believe it. Yeah. The so we get to see a little bit of the relationship with Angel and uh, Cassidy, but the real big thing there is we finally get to see Cassidy's backstory from 1916. I believe it is. Yep, that is correct. Where he's gotten drafted into the war against England. Uh, he is going off to fight 
His family sends him he's off. He's super positive. Yeah. He's, he's going fun. Off, he's going off with his best friend, Billy. And then there's a little moment in the middle of the war as they're about to head into battle where they both get blown backward. Billy's leg gets blown off. Cassidy is hiding. Billy immediately gets killed. And as he's walking home, Cassidy already blames himself. He gets attacked by a swampy vampire. Yeah, swamp, swamp vampire. Those are so much more dangerous than regular vampires. Oh, really? Really? Because yeah. they're underwater. They're underwater. They can yes. live both on land and underwater. By the way, when underwater. are you going to be releasing your 2019 <laughs> vampire power rankings? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I should. You're right. Yeah. I mean, People I, are dying been, for them. Yeah, yeah. I've been really slacking because the 2018's out. You no, know, I, I got to update yeah. it. You got to update because it could change a lot. Yeah. And obviously, I'm one. Is desert vampire still going to be on the bottom? Yeah. <laughs> Weakest vampire? Yeah. Too sand. much sun. Too, too much, much sun. sun. Too much but sun. he lives underneath the sand. Yeah. Oh, and geez, that's hard that's to move. Fun. Yeah, but then when he comes out at night... Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's the whole thing with vampires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is why I appreciate about your list. Thanks. Yes, good. These sort of tips. <laughs> yeah, the swamp vampire, though, as you saw, very strong. And you know. very moist. I don't like swamp oh. things. <laughs> you just, don't like swamp thing? I don't like I like swamp thing. I don't like swamp swampy things. Oh, like, okay, I swim in any water, really. Swamp's the one oh, I... you won't swim in a swamp? Well, but you know, sometimes <laughs> what, you, what a hero. Sometimes you, go, <laughs> sometimes you go to someone's, like, you go to, like, a lake. And yeah. The, like, I grew up in the country. It's like, come over. We're having to go to this lake. And you go in there, and it's like, this is a swamp. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's mucky on the bottom? Oh, sure. it's gross. Don't know what's down there. Oh, yeah. Could be a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised it was a swamp vampire that got Cassidy. I thought yeah, it would really? be a cooler vampire. No. No. I mean, I think that was the thing. Like, it was a, it was a metaphor, right? Like, yeah. he was being dragged out into a swamp metaphorically in terms of his emotions, and so that's what he got to see. The swamp is guilt. Yes, it is. Uh, and then he gets back after being turned into a vampire, sees his family. They're all sad, but still living on without him, and he just walks away. Yeah. At least for now. Yeah, but, yeah. And also, what you know, what's he supposed to do? Go back and, like, hey, I got Billy killed. And also been right. by a vampire. Now, uh, but I'm home. This might be a spoiler, but I feel like there's more to the story, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean like... <laughs> there's a couple more episodes. Right. But I mean, there's more to the backstory because I do vaguely remember that Cassidy does return home at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. We'll leave that for future episodes if they get to it. Uh, but Cassidy uh, flashes back uh, to the present. He's crying. He's sad because he remembers this. Do you feel like this is the catharsis he needs to move on, or is he forever going to be trapped in this? It still feels like he's in it. I don't think yeah. he, he doesn't come out of this episode feeling like well, ah, dealt with that. At the end, when you see him holding the feather after the angel farted, he dropped a feather. Yeah, that's something you you got to know about angels. If they ever fart, they lose a feather. Oh, and when are you releasing your 2019 angel power rankings? Well, uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit more complicated. Is farting angel still going to be on the bottom? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, Every time a fart sings. The way he's playing with the feather gives me hope. I really thought it would be a hilarious choice, though, after the Hoosiers Hoosiers, uh, pep talk, that he got fired up and kind of broke out that way, but... Yeah. Well, that's the thing is he feels like completely unfired up. Yeah. How And Cassidy was the fun character previously. How's he going to get back to that? He feels like these first full three episodes... I think when he gets his friends back together, hopefully... I don't know. They're not his friends. Yeah, I don't think Jesse's so. Jesse's not his friend. I don't think we're going to see fun Cassidy anymore. Oh. I mean, we oh. saw that scene that. in the first episode, Cassidy, blonde hair, tulip, making out. Yeah, but that was sad. It was sad, but it was, they were making out. Mm. I didn't that's like fun. It. Interesting. It's not. That's uh, it. So that's. The future. Nope. 
Mm-hmm. That's Cassidy. Anything else you guys want to talk about with this episode? Only thing I want to mention, I was just browsing through my notes here. Uh, I love the line when Eugene is in the bathroom, the dude pushes the toilet paper out of the glory hole, and Eugene's reaction is, oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh so much. Yeah, it was funny. You want me to back? <laughs> Yeah. What a convenient way to pass toilet paper back. Yes. Uh, any any other moments from the episode you guys want to touch on? The the just the when he, uh, Jesse had that flash of tulip and she's sitting behind him and goes, "You didn't even say goodbye." Just the weight of that and how much that hurt was really awesome. Like it could have said so much stuff, but it was just like so little yet so powerful. It was pretty amazing. Well, and on the other end of the spectrum, we got to see Tulip having that nightmare about Jesse's letter. Where oh, yeah. it starts pretty normal, but then it ends up with her him calling her a stupid whore or something yeah. like that. Uh, as you she, are a cheating, lying bitch, is right. what it says. Because she knows she did sleep with Cassidy. She lied mm, she to Jesse lied to about it, even though he asked her to be honest. Mm. Uh, that's all going to come out eventually. Yeah, they got a real fight on their hands, those yes, things. Yes, they do. Oh, man. They, you know what they got? It's a love triangle. It's not a love triangle. Definitely It's just the relationship. It's is, literally a classic love triangle. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, you know, they're having a tough time in the relationship. Hopefully, if they get, you know, they can work it out, man. You talking about um, Cassidy and Tulip? No. Oh. That's the only relationship I see. <laughs> if you guys would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Preacher. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Maybe uh, Justin will be there. I'll be there. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. You can also check us out at, at Men Preacher for Preacher-specific content. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more. iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or the app of your choice. Please leave a comment, subscribe, tell your friends all about it. Uh, and we'll see you next time for Preacher Men. You guys going to finish that Diet Dr. Pepper? Or are you... No. That is foreskin okay, laden trash. Oh, this is good. I'm going to finish this big bowl of hot chocolate pudding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs>